Welcome to the Nurse Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. Today we continue our divisional previews, starting with the AFC East, New England Patriots, New York Jets, Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. We look forward to the team's strength, break down their weaknesses, and give our predictions for the ceiling and floor and who we think the division winner will be. That's all next here on the His and Hers Podcast. Okay, so the AFC East was forever owned by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, winning it year after year for the past 15 to 20 years with a couple of Miami Dolphins sneaking in and stealing a few division championships. But now the tables have turned and the back-to-back champions, Buffalo Bills, seem to want seem on track to repeat their success from the previous two seasons and build upon the previous success as they are heavy favorites to repeat in the division and the betting odds to win the Super Bowl altogether. They sit at minus 215 and 215 to 240, depending where you look. The next closest 475 plus 475 for the uh, Dolphins or plus 500 for the Patriots, kind of a wash between what the books are thinking those two teams will finish either second or third. And then lastly, at plus 2,800 plus 2,000, depending where you look, the New York Jets, both New York franchises kind of at a low point where they have been for the last five to 10 years. So Paige, looking at the AFC East, we have a super powered Buffalo Bills team with Josh Allen at the helm. What do you what do you make of the rest of the division and how they'll stack up for the rest of the for the kind of how they fall together one through four? Um, yeah, obviously I'm going to put the Jets at the bottom. Um, <clears throat> I think they're going to come in last in this division as they have the past couple of years. I just think that they're still in a rebuild phase um, with Zach Wilson being questionable for the first little bit after his injury in the first preseason game. Um, yeah, I just don't think that there's much to say about the New York Jets. And they also have some tough road games. Obviously, their week one is versus the Ravens. on the, um, So I think that's just going to be a really rough game for them coming out. Um, and then they are playing at the Packers and at the Broncos this season, which are just going to, I think, be some really tough games for them. Um, I think, what do you think about Zach Wilson? Let's talk about him from a perspective of do you think that he is going to be kind of turning around this next season? I mean, most rookies don't have an insane year, their first year in the league. Um, I think the second year is really where we can start to see uh, kind of the break from those who are going to succeed in the NFL and those who are going to end up being um, backup quarterbacks for the rest of their career. So what's your take on Zach Wilson? Yeah, I have a, a thought that goes along with anyone who becomes a franchise quarterback that, if you don't look like the guy at the end of year two, you probably aren't the guy. A lot of, if you kind of go down the list of franchise quarterbacks, by the end of year two, doesn't mean that they're winning and making the playoffs, you know, Justin Herbert being an example, but you can tell throughout the entirety of the year in that year two phase, they're going to be pretty dang good. Even Josh Allen, who kind of had struggled early on, particularly his first year, even first half of his second year, by the end of the second year, he's really turning it on. And that's why, the Bills made the big trade to get Stephon Diggs to give him a bona fide number one wide receiver. So I think year two is really important for all the rookie quarterbacks from last year, but particularly for Zach Wilson, who in the first game suffered a meniscus tear, not a full tail, but tear, but a partial tear, had injury problems last year, was one of his biggest concerns coming into the NFL is that slight build. 
So for him to stay healthy throughout the rest of the year and make plays and make progress is going to be really important for the Jets to look at him and say, this is the guy for the future. Yeah, it's interesting, too, with um, I mean, I think a lot of the times when there's a lot of off the field drama with people um, that sometimes that carries over. So I think there's just been a lot of buzz about Zach Wilson the past few months, which is kind of fun to talk about the kid. Zach Nilfson, as they call him in the state. <laughs> Um, especially because we're coming up on a pretty QB rich draft in 2023. There's a lot of really promising quarterbacks in this class. And so I think this is kind of a make it or break it year for Zach Wilson. He's going to have to play some good football to ensure that the Jets don't uh, look for another option this next season. Yeah. And I, and I fully agree with you, obviously for the Jets, I would imagine we both agree that they're going to, be at the bottom of their division this year. I would be shocked if you thought otherwise. Are you on the same page? Yep, they're at the bottom. You know, they had a really strong draft class. They brought in Sauce Gardner. They have Elijah Moore, um, Brees Hall being another uh, great draft pick from this year. Uh, the only problem and concern comes along their offensive line. Again, going back to Zach Wilson having to have a good year. If he's not being protected, then the chances just continue to look you know, bleak on that outlook, but they've given him some good support. I think the coaching and the GM roles that they have filled now with Sala and uh, I'm spacing who the GM of the, the Jets is, but they've had a couple back-to-back good off seasons where they built good talent and brought it in. So I don't think this year is going to be a banner year for anyone. If you're a Jets fan, you know, if you win six games, but Zach was, but Zach Wilson looks the part makes some big throws has some big moments um and you know sauce gardner you know is in contention for rookie of the year Brees hall makes some good plays i think you can look at the end of the year and say okay that was our first building block going forward and then you hope just another good off season will come to fruition and then you take another step next year so i think the step this year is mainly just zach wilson's progression winning a few close games and playing hard and being competitive because if an nfl franchise is being led in the right direction is it under the right stewardship there shouldn't be any blowouts because the talent gap truly isn't that large from the best team to the worst team there is disparity obviously but if there's good coaching in place and guys like playing for their coach and play hard for their coach the disparity of these games really aren't that far away um, and so that's why I think that that's all you can hope for as, as a Jets fan this year is you're not going to make a run of the playoffs and again we might look dumb because who thought the Bengals were going to do it um, but you know, that, that comes with if Zach Wilson's the guy, like we know Joe Burrow is the guy. Yeah. I think yeah, best case, I think if you're a, you're a Jets fan, you're just hoping for continuous improvement. I mean, they haven't um, had a winning season in like the past six years. And so they kind of are used to this. And so in this terms of they're doing a complete rebuild and that's what they've kind of been banking on. So I think just some little improvements that giving them some hope will be considered a winning season for any Jets fans out there. Uh, and the GM of the Jets is Joe Douglas, by the way. I apologize for all the Jets fans out there for not knowing that off the hand. Um, so your ceiling, your floor for the Jets, I, I put mine at about the floors about four and twelve, oh, oh, four and thirteen um, is about the floor. You know, I don't, I do think as we as we'll get to in just a moment, I think the Patriots are going to take a step back from what I've seen from their offseason this year. Um, and 
you know, in, in overall about four, four wins seems about the worst that this Jets team can do with the talent they have on offense and defense. Um, and I'm going to put the ceiling at about seven, eight wins. If, if the Jets get eight wins, go eight, nine this year, that fan base will be ecstatic. It means that Zach Wilson did take a few steps forward. Sauce Gardner in their recent draft picks uh, played really well. So eight wins seems really optimistic and about four seems where you're just in the same spot that you were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, my ceiling's at, very close to yours. My ceiling's at seven for them, and my floor's at three. So just one number off from you on each side. Yeah, and just a uh, just at the bottom of the division, like usual. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the, you know, the next point of contention would be, um, I think we both in agreement we'll get to the Buffalo Bills being the number one team. But for you, where do you see the third-place team falling? Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the Patriots and the Dolphins have been there the last few years. But where do you think this one's going to end up? Yeah, um, I'm putting Patriots in third this year. Um, I just I mean, obviously, it's hard to assume that Bill Belichick will do anything except win. Um, They were able to sneak into the playoffs last year, but I just don't think that Mac Jones. um, I just don't think that, I don't know. I don't know if his level of QB play mixed with what he has um, is going to be what is going to make this franchise kind of stand out from anyone else. I think that the Dolphins and the Bills have a lot more weapons and a lot more promise from their roster that I could see them kind of propelling them ahead of the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are going to have an awful season. I think they're still going to have a winning season, Um, but I think they will come in third. Um, Obviously with the Patriots, we've got some key arrivals of Devontae Parker, Ty Montgomery, Montgomery, both at the wide receiver position, Malcolm Butler coming in at linebacker. Um, But we've also got the key departures of JC Jackson at linebacker, Kyle Van Noy and Ted Karras. And so I think with those losses and then they have a tough schedule, they're playing the Ravens, they're at the Packers and they're playing the Bengals. Um, and interesting enough, Tua is actually three and O against the Pats in his career. And so I think that that is going to be, that's kind of where I'm pointing towards, um, the dolphins being a step above the Patriots is because Tua seems to have good success against them. And I think that with the dolphins roster that they are going to beat the Patriots both times that they play against them. And that's going to set them over the top. Yeah, and not that I ever think the first week of the season, I mean, really tells you the story of what's going to happen for the entirety. I mean, just two years ago, the 1-15 and Jaguars beat the 11-5 and Colts week one, and obviously their seasons went completely differently. But I think that first game, New England at Miami, I think will be a tell of two seasons. Um, I have... You know, obviously faith and courage in what Bill Belichick is doing, but it just seems really strange with the the implementation of two, like they're not naming an offensive coordinator. It's just a brain trust between Belichick and Joe Judge and um, space in the coach who was at the Lions with Matt Patricia. Uh, they're all three are going to handle and help Mac Jones, although none of them have done offensive play calling before. Matt, you know, Matt Patricia, when he was with the Patriots before, was the defense coordinator. That's what he was known for going to the Lions. Joe Judge was a special teams guy when he was last with the Patriots. And obviously, Bill Belichick being is a famous, you know, famed defensive mind. So it's just very strange that with the um, with the departure of uh, 
I'm spacing everyone's name, Josh McDaniels, I apologize, uh, to the Raiders that they haven't looked to supplant him or replace him with anyone else, but instead using this groupthink project on a second-year quarterback who surely needs the coaching. As good as Mac Jones looked in different areas last year, there wasn't ever a time where he thought this guy can take over a game, this guy knows what he's doing. You know, from beginning to end, you could tell there's a lot of Josh McDaniels hand holding to get him to be successful. So this idea of just letting him roll with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different opinions and, and game plans just doesn't seem like an optimal situation to me. As much as I trust Bill Belichick, seems like it's going to be a mistake personally. So I, I kind of agree with you. I do think that they're going to finish third. But I do think it's going to be pretty competitive with them and the Dolphins. Um, I do only put the the ceiling at about ten wins for the Patriots. Right now with them too. And then I put the floor right around seven, six. It'd be weird to see a Patriots team with six wins, but yeah, I've got the yeah I've got their ceiling at ten seven. I've got their floor at eight nine. I just don't think with Belichick as your coach that you're going to have too horrible of a season. I don't think Mac Jones is. A horrible quarterback I think that he'll have some good wins he'll have some good plays and we saw that last year um still proving I don't know maybe still proving that he is potentially the best quarterback of the 2021 draft at this point yeah I just look at the beginning of the schedule and I know that you that you read it off but I look at the first four games and you could paint me a picture that I would believe you that they start 0-4 three of their first games are on the road and the only home game is against Baltimore so they're at Miami at Pittsburgh hope against Baltimore and then at Green Bay if you start an NFL season 0-4 uh that's tough to climb out of in any state I don't care how talented you are and you could tell me to start an 0-4 and I wouldn't be surprised in any manner because that's a very tough beginning of the season having three of your first four games on the road is just a difficult way to begin. So again, I do think they're going to finish in third. I don't think the schedule makers gave them any favors uh, doing it that way. Um, so I'm in agreement with you, which puts us at the Dolphins at the second spot. What kind of gives you hope that the Dolphins are, and Tua Tagovailoa are going to make that next step? and potentially compete for a playoff spot this year. Yeah, I mean, this one, I think the best case scenario um, is that Tua is legitimate NFL starter um, and is able to, I think that having McDaniel come in, if able, he's able to just really mold Tua into like the potential that Tua has and really put it into use in a way that will work on that offense, which I don't think Brian Flores was able to do. Um, then it's going to be an awesome offensive run for the Dolphins. Um, I think having Hill obviously there adds a lot of excitement um, for Tua to be able to target. Um, <clears throat> I think worst case scenario is Tua struggles, um, but I do think that they have enough talent on their team that even if Tua does struggle, this isn't going to be like a crash and burn season. I think that the Dolphins are going to kind of be one of those teams where their ceiling and floor are pretty close to each other just because I think that. They have so much talent. I mean, let's see. They've <clears throat> got the arrivals of Hill, Bridgewater um, as a backup QB, Armstead and Williams at the offensive line. And I think that those types of protection for Tua, um, I still believe in Tua. I think that he hasn't had the best support around him and honestly the best coaching that he could have to make him successful. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do these seasons with the, uh, I love the move that the Dolphins made to bring a receiver in like 
um, Tyreek Hill, who can really give to a not only like some a target to throw to and an awesome one at that. But I also think that Tyreek's experience and his companionship with Patrick Mahomes the past few years, I think that's going to be a really good coaching experience for Tua as well. And he's going to learn a lot from Tyreek Hill if they're able to communicate effectively. And so I think that's really where I'm banking a lot of their success. Um, they also are on the road at the Ravens. They're at the chargers and they also play the Packers this season. So I think that's going to be their toughest non-divisional games. Um, but due to the fact that they're playing the Patriots and the jets, I think that they're going to, in my opinion, easily slide into that second spot in their division. Um, cause I think that they're going to go four and zero against those two. Yeah, and this goes back to just like the Patriots, why I say that week one game between the two of them is going to be really important because as you just stated that, you know, the Patriots game, then they're home against the ball. They're at Baltimore, home against the um, Buffalo Bills, and then at Cincinnati. I mean, both of them start with these pretty difficult schedules. Um, And so whoever wins that week one game is going to have the the kind of the the lead. Um, But my prediction kind of a, bold prediction because of what's out there in the AFC West um, and how good of teams are in that division. I don't think either the Dolphins or the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl. I just think Mm. that the bills are too good. Uh, They're going to separate themselves in this, in this division. We'll get to them. But with that start of a schedule, I I think that they'll fight, you know, they'll kind of fight and get back to a place of relevancy because they play the Jets you know, divisional game, but then there are the Vikings, the Steelers, and then Lions, uh, Bears, Browns before Deshaun Watson, Texans. So that middle stretch is going to catch them back up to be about 500. But then they go San Francisco, Chargers, Bills, uh, Packers. <laughs> so I think they're going to start in a hole, uh, catch themselves back up because I do believe they're a talented team, but then they're going to be behind the eight ball again. It's going to remind me, I think the the Dolphins are going to be very similar to what the Vikings were the last couple of years, a slow start rush finish. And even what they were last year. I mean, I think they started one in six, one in seven. I think they won six in row to get back to seven and seven or somewhere in that range, six and six, maybe, uh, but it just wasn't enough. And so I think this is going to be very similar this year and no fault of their own. It's just kind of a brutal schedule to start and finish the season. Um, and so because of that and what is out there in the AFC and how stacked it is, I think that with the AFC North, AFC West, I think you're only going to have one team come out of the AFC East. I don't think that's too far-fetched of a theory um, <laughs> with what we're looking at. So I'd agree with you on almost every point. Very stacked division. I would put, again, I would be 10 and 7 um, and – about five and 12 is their floor. I, I, I got to see more out of um, Tua Tagovailoa. And who knows if uh, Mike Mandana is a very good coach. We'll find out yeah. here. But he's never even been a, a coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator last year. But how much is uh, Mike uh, Shanahan giving away? Kyle Shanahan giving away, you know, the offensive guru that he is. So we're finishing up with the Buffalo Bills. Um, like I said, they're the betting odds to win the Super Bowl. They had the heartbreaking Kansas City, which then led to a rule change. Uh, played in one of the best playoff games that I have ever watched. That was personally. one Unreal. of the funnest games ever. Um, 13 seconds away from advancing to the AFC ch- Championship game, which would have been at home. But, you know, last year they weren't a very dominant regular season team. I remember watching them play the Jaguars and they scored, I think, 10 points. 
and they lost to them, looked sluggish. They had some ins and outs, you know, the Patriot game at home where the winds were going 30 miles an hour. So there were some low points of the year, but they really turned it on and should have, you know, if they do things right, advance the AFC Championship game. So where do you, where does this love for the Bills come from, do you think? And do you think they can live up to the hype? I think so. I mean, personally, I think I also have some bias towards the Bills. I think they're the team I root for aside from the Vikings the most, just because I love Josh Allen. I love Stefan Diggs and I love what they've been doing over there. And I just think Bills fans are fun. It's a fun fan base in the NFL. They're really fun. <clears throat> um but I do think that this is a legitimate contender. I think that Josh Allen is proving to be one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen in a long time in the league. And I think that that shootout between him and Mahomes was like the two best quarterbacks that we have in the NFL going at it. And like just so much excitement to see what those two are able to put up in the next. I think it's going to be a lot of fun football between um, those two. And so um, I just think that the Bills continue to build a really exciting team. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that they had that trust in Josh Allen. He got off to a bit of a slow start, but now he's got weapons on his team and they're able to kind of stack him so that there's so much potential for him to throw to and their running game and their defense. I think that this is kind of that time for the Bills that the chiefs were at three years ago where it's like, they need to capitalize on this year. Cause it might never be this perfect again. Um, obviously they've got the addition of Vaughn Miller, which I think is going to be huge. Obviously he was just in Los Angeles. He got traded halfway through the season from the Broncos to go to Los Angeles, wins a super bowl. Now he's on the bills. I just think Vaughn Miller is an incredible player an incredible teammate. And I think he's going to bring a lot of excitement to their O-line. Um, and then we've got Daquan Jones being out on the defensive side, OJ Howard at tight end, James Cook at running back. And so I think that the Bills are continuing to make strategic moves that are going to put them above not only their division, but also the competition in the rest of the AFC. And so I think that exactly as you said, they're really going to be... A Honestly, I don't even think they need to worry about their division. Obviously, they need to. Divisional games are always hard, but it's like I think the biggest thing for the Bills is being able to stand out and hold on in those really close games. So their toughest non-divisional games, they're playing the Rams week one, Thursday night football. We'll all get to see them live on Thursday, which is going to be really exciting. Then I think the game everybody will look forward to is the rematch against the Chiefs in week six, and that's at Kansas City. And then they're playing the... Bengals week 17 and so it's kind of fun that they're playing all of the they're playing the Super Bowl champions the runners up and the team that they lost to and so I think it's just I think it's going to be really fun especially to see him and Mahomes I think that's where a lot of where we can expect to see a continuous competition between those two being in the same division we're going to see them in the playoffs a lot together and so I think that Josh Allen kind of getting that run last playoff season, I think it's just going to, he's the type of player to me that is just going to, he's been thinking about that playoff game every single day since the moment that it ended. And it's just adding fuel to his fire. And I think we're going to see it in even like Josh Allen 2.0 from the start of this season, um, kind of the way he was playing in the playoffs. I'm hoping and thinking that we're going to see that throughout the rest of this, this entire season going into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I mentioned a few times that they're the betting odds to win the Super Bowl, and I wanted to pull those out. So, depending on where you look, plus five, you know, five fifty to six hundred is is where they're sitting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are second, around seven fifty, and then the Kansas City Chiefs and Rams are both about a plus a thousand. And then it goes Packers, Chargers, Niners, and the Broncos even jumped up there. So. 
the fact that they missed the playoffs for 16 consecutive years, they make it under, um, I think it was the second year of Sean McDermott um, and with Tyrod Taylor um, as the quarterback losing to the Jaguars. And to, to know that they weren't ever going to be much better than that without making a move. And they take their, they were willing to take a step back. They traded away, cut some veterans, draft Josh Allen in that 20, I believe it was a 2017 draft. And they were terrible that first year. It wasn't a very good season. Um, Josh Allen, it was actually four years ago, four years this year, because I remember that the first game Josh Allen won and the Bills won was against the Vikings um, in the U.S. Bank Stadium, blew them out. They were the one of the largest favorites. The Vikings were after their um, NFC Championship appearance. And the Bills, I think, were 28-point dogs because they just got blown out the week before. Came in, Josh Allen hurdled Anthony Barr, and the rest was history. Um, and ever since then, there's been small incremental improvements. And now, you know, three years, three seasons past, they're the Super Bowl favorites. It's just amazing how much a franchise elite quarterback can change the entire outlook of your franchise. You know, there were talks of them moving, moving to a different location because they just weren't winning. And, uh, you know, maybe free agents don't want to go here, but now everyone wants to go there and and they got a guy for the next 15 years. They just, uh, signed on and, you know, passed a new stadium build. That's going to keep them there forever. So it's just kind of cool to see what he's done for that franchise. He is elite. He's unreal. He's a freak of nature. Um, and so, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I cheer for the Bills if I'm not cheering for the Vikings. I lived there for a couple of years, and there is no one that loves the Bills more. I mean, that uh, a team more than I think Buffalo loves its Bills. Like, I, yeah. I, tr- I truly believe that. They, they bleed it. That's all they talk about. It's all they care about. And you can see it in the post-game and pre-game celebrations. That team means everything to them. And so, if the Vikings don't do it... Hopefully the bills do because I want to be chairing for them. So, yeah, I think the one thing, you know, everyone's got to find little things to pick at in each team. And I think the one thing that we've heard ramblings about is the fact that Brian DeBull, who was the offensive coordinator for the bills the past few years, who's now the giants coach um, that how is that going to affect Josh Allen's play? Is it going to be different? But I think that, the bills kind of made the perfect move where Ken Dorsey, who's his replacement has been working as the QB coach for the bills for the past three seasons. And so I think that that, I think we're going to see that offense just continue to hum and operate as it did when Brian DeBull was there. And so I don't think there's going to be a ton of room for hiccup. It's not like a brand new guys being brought in has to get caught up to speed of how things go. There's like just continued consistency with them. And so I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people might make it out to be, but I know, we we have to point out things in each team to try to figure out where their weaknesses will be. Exactly. No. And so I think we're in accordance. I think that the bills can go, you know, honestly can go for 14 and three. I think people don't, you know, realize how I'm 14 wins in an NFL season, crazy thing to do. So 14 wins seems pretty, there are some tough, you know, as you read through their schedule, I mean, there are some tough games. Just, I mean, they could be an 0-1 playing the Super Bowl champions when they're dropping the banner, a pretty emotional night, which we'll be watching for this Thursday. You know, they play against Green Bay. They play on the road, in, you know, at Arrowhead. Um, you know, they play some tricky games, but as long as they maneuver them, you know, they play in Cincinnati, as you mentioned as well. So I do think three, four losses seems likely, but that should be more than enough for the division and should be in contention for, for that number one seed. And if I'm Buffalo, 
getting that number one seed is important because I don't think there's anyone that could come into Buffalo in a playoff environment and beat them. Like I would be, I'd be blown away if that happened. Now, if you have to go to Arrowhead, whole different ball game. Not that it hasn't happened like we saw last year, but you'd much rather have the odds in your favor having them come to Upper East New York. 100%, especially to have the advantage of the Buffalo Bills fans in surrounding you. That's right. They throw dildos on the field. That's how crazy. <laughs> so, all right. Is there anything, any other thoughts on the AFC East before we wrap well, this up? I think this is division we're the most agreed upon. So, yeah. One pretty three. straightforward. Kind of weird. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're right, or else we both will look like it. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the AF, of the His and Hers podcast, the divisional preview AFC East. We'll continue the next two divisions. The last two we have remaining the NFC and AFC South. We'll continue that here in the next episode of His and Hers.